0: yeah gaining the gleaning the truths from scripture um in a little bit of a different way, so i'm going to be kind of adapting it again i I don't follow it so strictly um there's There's this method that they teach you, but um I kind of take in bits and pieces of it and use it um, and so one of the things that I really like about it is that i I think that pastors work far too hard. They stand up on Sunday morning and they, they speak the whole time. Um, but what I think pastors ought to do is include their congregations a bit more. So you guys are going to have to work too. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys to participate. Um, and I know it's a little bit hard with a mic system and a recording. So I have some microphones here um, that if you give an answer, if you could uh, take a microphone and use that to, to, to speak your answer. Um, actually, if the ushers could help me on this, um, it might be helpful to have two people that could just kind of walk up and down the aisle um, but you don 't need don't don 't come up just yet just i i 'll tell you when um, because we 're going to do some things first, and then i 'll ask you guys to to help out in that way um, so the other thing that I really like about this method is that it encourages people to take the word and share it Um, and the way that that's done is that we we're going to hear the story three times Um, and sometimes it feels a little bit redundant um, but it's a really wonderful way to put the word in you and after all that is the most important aspect of what we're doing this morning is hearing the word Um, and if we can hear it three times then that's that's wonderful Um, but even better than that is if you can take this word and then go share it with somebody um, this week. So that's what I'm hoping that you'll do. Um, So I'm going to tell the story the first way through. uh, And then the second time I'm going to ask for one volunteer. In the past I've said, tell it to your neighbor. That's one way that we can do it. But I'm going to ask for just one volunteer because what I want to do this time is I want you to see that even though, a person doesn't know the entire story, the mistakes that they make are helping reinforce the story in, in your mind. Um, so it's actually a wonderful part of the learning process um, to learn a story is to make mistakes, it's okay. Uh, the things that you leave out, you'll hear it again and your mind will say, oh yeah, that other part and I'll include it next time. Um, so I'm gonna just prepare yourselves, I'm gonna need one brave soul to help me in this um, and yeah and again we're all ordinary people and sometimes it feels like if someone's able to just recite a passage of Scripture they you say you know what that's impossible I could never do that but it's not it's really easy when you hear a story stories stick cling to our minds um, and even if you don't know all the details you at least know a good portion of it Um, So that's the way that we're gonna do it. Before we get into the story, I just wanna give a bit of background to the story. Um, So this particular chapter, chapter 10 of Luke, the chapter before, uh, just some things that might be helpful to keep in mind as we think about this story. Uh, First of all, Jesus has sent out the 12. Um, So he sent out his 12 disciples uh, to do something similar to what the story is about, sending out the 72. Other things that he's done uh, in the previous chapter, um, he has fed five thousand people. Keep that number in mind: five thousand people he has fed. Um, what else has he done? He's he's been transfigured. Again, we talked about the ascension, and you know, at least Three of the disciples
1: experienced that ascension. And Chapter 9, uh, John, James and John, uh, after visiting a Samaritan village, uh, that's James and John asked Jesus, should we call fire down from heaven to destroy this village? And Jesus said, well, well, well wait a minute. <laughs> um, another aspect is that he has, there have been some disciples that have come to him and said, I want to follow you. But he said, he basically told them things that they said, you know what? This is a bit much for me. So these are some things that have been happening beforehand. Um, and now this part of the story, we come to it's a story that um, you know the title of the sermon that I that I put down was You're sent, are you equipped? Because I thought at first I might be focusing a bit more on the equipment. But what I hope you realize is very quickly in this passage it becomes clear that Jesus has provided these people with everything that they need. It's not a matter of knowing or, or you know, going, having to go to rabbinical school or anything like that. It's, it's a matter of them taking the step of faith that is needed. And so I want to focus a bit more on that aspect. We know that we're sins. We know that we're empowered by the sender. They have his word. They have his promise that he's, that, that he's going to follow up. They just need to step out in faith. And so i want to focus on the aspects of that stepping out in faith. These are ordinary people, the 72 disciples. People like you and I who, you know, we're not the 12. We're, we're not the people that are gifted in evangelism or uh, have been to years of schooling. No, these are the 72. Who are they? They're people like you and me. And as Jesus is sending them out, they're challenged with the aspect of going. And so as we think about this story, I want you to think about that aspect and how it's a challenge for us to take that step of faith. But I hope that we're encouraged to do the stepping that is spoken of in this passage. So, you're welcome to look at the story, but um, this method encourages you not to look at it. So just engage in the story. Use your ears um, and your eyes. That's helpful, too, because I'm gonna be doing some, some movements that might be helpful to remember the story. So just focus on the story uh, and then, if you wanna check later, you can look at the words. So, this is the story. After this, the Lord chose 72 others and sent them out ahead of him, two by two, to all the towns and places he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest... Is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as a lamb in the midst of wolves carry no money bagging, no knapsack, no sandals, and wait no one on the road. Whatever house you come to, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Do not remain Sorry, remain in the same house eating and drinking what they provide. For, for a laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever, whenever a town receives you, eat what is set before you. Hear the sick and proclaim to them and say to them, The kingdom of God is near to you. And whenever a town does not receive you, go into the street, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet will wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know that the kingdom of God is near tell you, it would be more bearable on that day for Sodom and for that tomb. That ends my story. So, of the story, and again, remember I said that the mistakes are a part of the process. If you make mistakes, everybody else is either correcting them, uh, correcting the mistake in their own mind, or later you'll hear the correction, and it's, it's all part of the process. It's helpful. I just need an ordinary, everyday person. Share as much as you remember. Okay. Um and I can tell you it starts after this. The Lord appointed seventy-two others.
2: Okay, that's where I was gonna start. Okay. So after this, the Lord appointed seventy-two others to go out into the town. He told them to he was sending them to places that he planned to go. He said that when you get there stay in the first house that you find and eat what they give you. Do not leave that house. Um, this is tough, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was listening, I promise. No,
1: that's good. It's okay. You're doing um, great.
2: If they do not receive you, go out to the streets to dust off your feet and say it was better. Uh, don't say that. But it will be better for, for uh, Sodom and Gomorrah on that day than for that town.
1: Very good. Thank you so much. Let's give it <laughs> 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 you. a great creature. Thank you. Um, yeah, that, that was very good. And, and you know what? Again, it's part of the process. We're, we're learning stories. But do you realize how much of the story she already had? I mean, you hear a story once, and you get a good portion of it. And then you say it, you say it, you try to tell the story, you make mistakes, it's no problem. You go back, you read it again, and then more of it comes to you. You tell it again, you, you make a few more mistakes, you make some corrections, and then you know it, it can be a quick process of learning this way. So I'm going to tell the story again, but this time I'm going to leave out certain things, and you guys are going to provide those things, okay? So you're going to fill in some blanks. I might say something a little crazy. You might have to correct me. Um, So after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him to all the what? Towns and places he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is very skimpy. No, no, no. The harvest is plentiful, but who is few? The laborers, the laborers are few. Therefore, pray very weak-heartedly. No, pray honestly. Pray honestly to the Lord of the harvest, To send out laborers into whose harvest? Your harvest? No, his harvest. Send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as what? Sheep. In the midst of wolves. Take no money bag, No knapsack. No sandals. What does he say? Greet? Greet no one on the road. (laughs) Greet no one on the road. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Whatever house you come to, first say, what does he say? First say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will what? Rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in that house, eating and drinking what they provide. Why? Because a laborer, what? Deserves his wages. Very good. And then he said, do not go from barn to barn. Do not go from house to house. Whenever a town receives you, eat what? What is set before you. Eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and proclaim what is coming? The kingdom of God is near you. And whenever a town does not receive you, go there. Go into the street and say, "Even the what? The dust of your town that clings to our feet. What do we do? We wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know that something is coming. The kingdom of God is coming. I I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for which town? Sodom. It will be more bearable for Sodom. More bearable on that day for Sodom. (coughs) than for that town. All right, you've heard the story three times and you're ready to go into the world and share it with somebody. Mm. Um, as we think about this story a bit more, I am going to spend some time just walking back through it, thinking about the aspects about this story that help us to be encouraged To take that step of faith that we need like i said before we're we know who jesus is we know that he's sent people out um, but oftentimes we're discouraged because of our own sin our own personality whatever it is our own lack of gifting um, to actually take the step of faith and do what he's asked us to so i just want to think about the different aspects of this passage and the first thing that I want to ask about... Um, microphone guys, your, your, your job's not done quite yet. Because <laughs> this, this is going to continue to be interactive. I'm going to ask questions, and I, I actually want a response to those questions. Um, so as we, as we think about this passage, uh, and we think about the words that Jesus says, he said, you know, after this, Jesus sent out 72 others, sent them on ahead of him, two by two, to all the towns and places he himself was about to go. And he said to them, what did he say to them? The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So what is the first thing that Jesus is emphasizing even before they, they go? What is he emphasizing? You can answer this. Just if we, if you, ha- you want to answer, if you can raise raise your hand and speak into the microphone, and it'll it'll show up on the on the recording a little easier. What's the, what's what's important here? What is Jesus talking about that's so important? You got someone in the back. very good. Thank you so much. It's prayer, right? I mean, that's so important. Uh, it's, It's an important aspect. But why is prayer important? What is it about prayer? What about prayer is Jesus speaking of specifically in this passage? Got, we got an answer up here. Airplanes. Airplanes. <laughs> I'm not sure about airplanes. Let's see if we can manipulate this to fit that. the <laughs> yeah, way right because we pray for the Holy Spirit to okay. come to us, something we can't see. And, and uh,
0: it was his harvest and his field. And just because he didn't physically go with it. He was with
1: them all the time. Yeah. And he was with anyone else. Very good. Yeah. It's, it's the harvest and being in the harvest and having that spirit as you're in the harvest. And you know, Jesus recognizes that there is a need for laborers to be in the harvest. And that's what Jesus is talking about uh, in this passage. He's encouraging them to step out in faith and begin with prayer recognizing that as you are called to the harvest there just aren't enough people for the harvest it's plentiful uh, but the laborers are few how many people do we have here last week i counted just over 50 like around 52 okay almost 70 today see there's there's this is the sending out uh, and but Why is it that we need prayer? Because Jesus knows our hearts are oftentimes fearful, reluctant, feeling unequipped, feeling afraid, all of these things. Jesus knows this. And so he's saying, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into whose harvest? His harvest. It's it's about him. It's about his harvest and asking the Father to do the job that's his. What else does he say about prayer in this passage? What kind of prayer? How does he describe it? Somebody answer that. Say it in the microphone just so. Jesus requires earnest prayer. Oh, good. Thank you. Earnest prayer. I tried to show what earnest prayer might look like, but I, I don't think I can do it justice. The, the Greek word that's used there is also translated as beg or plead. This kind of prayer is not just a typical sit-down-on-your-couch or sit-at-your-breakfast-table kind of prayer. This kind of prayer that's described here is also described in two chapters previous. The same word is used with a demon-possessed man. When Jesus approaches him, the demon says, "What do you have to, What do I have to do with you, Jesus? I beg you. That word, beg. I beg you, do not torment me. So can you imagine that? Can you imagine that demon-possessed man? What is he doing? He's probably falling on his knees where he's, yeah, he's just full of emotion. And that's the kind of prayer that is described in this passage. This is the kind of prayer that is needed for going into the harvest. It's the kind of prayer that Naomi and I recognize is so important to the work that we're doing. When we, when we, the, the longer we're there, the more we realize just how important it is to have people praying, because things go haywire. <laughs> when, and, and you guys know it too. I mean, it's the same here in Boston and Spell. When you're not praying, things are going wrong. But when you are praying, you see amazing breakthroughs. And I think that that's an encouragement that we can take from this passage is that before we even begin to go out, uh, it's, it's important for us to be praying. And praying that the, the Lord will send out laborers into his harvest. So this is the first, the first thing that we think about in this, in this passage. So as, as the passage goes along, he says, Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals. Greet no one on the road. Now let's just stop there and think. What are the challenges in this passage? What, what is Jesus talking about that would, that would hinder or the things that come up inside, the fears that would come? with the things that Jesus has just said, what are those challenges?
2: Earthly comforts are not available, so the people would have to put their faith and trust wholly in God.
1: Amen, very good. What else?
2: You see things along the way, you keep going
1: in different directions because there's so many things to distract you. Yeah, very good. What else? What would challenge these people? The thing that Jesus just said wait a minute, what are you saying? Don't do this. Or do this. What else? I see. I see a scratch there. I'm going to catch you. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know. I just got to thinking. He's telling them not to greet anyone on the road, right? And I feel like if they're greeting someone on the road in the town, that if if they make friends kind of on the way, then that person might be willing to say, "Hey, why don't you come stay at my house? You're new to town." Blah blah. blah. And I think it encourages a certain um, boldness and maybe a trust to just go to someone's house and say, you know, peace be with you or, you yeah. know, whatever. So, Very good. Thank you. Let's think, think, think more beyond the things that Jesus said. I mean, beyond the, the things that I, I just repeated. Think about more of the passage. It says, come to a house, eat. What they provide for a workman deserves; labor deserves his wages. Is there a challenge there?
0: Well, I think there was a challenge because the, um, the Jewish people had a um, certain way of eating and certain things they could eat, couldn't eat, and uh, mm-hmm. so now when they're being asked to go out into the Gentile world, um, they're being asked to accept the hospitality and uh, along with that comes food that they probably never ate before. And So That's the Lord has exactly right. them to be gracious and eat it and be thankful.
1: Yeah. Amen, yeah. And, and did you notice in the passage that he, that he says that twice? So first it's, it's you know, the, la- the laborer deserves his wages, but then he says, and whenever you come to a town, eat what is set before you. So he, he emphasizes it again there. So I think the first the first time it's more connected with you'll have what you need to. Don't be afraid. You're going to have what you need. And, if, and don't be afraid to, to take it from other people. It's okay if they provide something, take it. But then later on, he says the same thing. He says, this time, eat whatever, what is set before you. And that, I think, is exactly where... They would have been challenged in that because they're Jews they've never eaten anything anything on kosher what else what about what else about the passage let's keep walking through it think about uh, when you come to a town eat what is set before you uh, proclaim that the king uh, hear the sick proclaim saying to them the kingdom of God has come near is there any challenge in that what kind of challenge is there just thinking about like healing the sick, they don't have that power that Jesus had and to, to be able to, to go to someone and wanna be able to heal them and just not even know how, I would think that would be something that could be very scary. Yes, that's exactly right. know, yeah. that fear that would come up, I've never done this before, I've never, I've never seen anybody healed, all of those things, I'm sure that they, they might have been fearful of taking that step of faith and doing what Jesus had asked them to do in that, in that particular moment. How about, as we continue on, uh, if a town does not receive you, go into the streets, say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Let us know that the kingdom of God is near. It will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Is there any challenge there that we can see? What is the challenge? Well,
2: they would be confronting people with a harsh reality, and a lot of times people do not like to uh, look at or accept realities like that.
1: Who likes to be the bearer of bad news? <laughs> Nobody wants to be that person, um, but yeah, it's, it's a reality that sometimes we as God's people, are given responsibility in that area to proclaim judgment and to say, you know what, this this is the wrong road, and if you head down it, these are the consequences. Um, that's a hard place to be sometimes. There's a challenge in that, but you know, as we as we reflect on these things and we see these challenges, you know, I think that um, it's helpful for us to recognize the challenges. To know that, you know, as we go, there will be challenges that we face. And you know, the first thing that Jesus says is, what is he sending sending them out? How is he sending them out? As sheep. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, as sheep in the midst of wolves. So that would be pretty scary to yeah. think you're going out as a You know, so defenseless in a way to people who might want to harm you. Not defenseless. You're putting yourself in, could be putting yourself in
1: harm's way. That's right, yeah. So as we, as we think about these challenges, I want to do something a little bit different now. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the role of Jesus, okay? I want you to imagine that you are one of the 72. I'm going to play the role of Jesus. And I want you to ask me tough questions. Ask me a challenging question about, about these challenges. You know, ask me questions about that. You know, we just talked about some of those challenges. Bring them up. Mention them. See what my answer is. So Jesus, what if uh, I'm staying with someone who's really poor and they don't really have any food or, or as we experience in Kenya, they don't have water, uh, and you know, I don't want to use up there their their resources. Uh, So what would I do in that situation? Yeah. You know, the house that you come to is going to have everything that you need. And oftentimes what you'll find is that the person who you think doesn't have does have, because the Lord has provided it even beforehand. And and oftentimes when you go to a rich person's house, what's going to happen? They'll be more stingy than the poor person that you've stayed with. God will provide everything that you need.
2: Yeah, I was also thinking about that, Imran. That. that even though people, whatever, uh, I, feel like I, it's like people want to give. It allows people to open their hearts to someone. if They really are accepting these people and they want to give they're giving out of their heart and that allows um, an openness and a a bonding between people and um, it's hard sometimes to accept things but people really want to give to each other
1: Mm. and Jesus ask me those challenges
2: stop and talk to someone along the way? What if somebody
1: really, really needs, what if there's a banker, what if somebody's really reper- hurt? Why shouldn't I stop? Well, first of all, there's an urgency to what we're doing. I'm about to go to all of these places that, um, that I'm sending them out to, and if we don't get this task done, if I get there, there won't be any introduction. So that's the first thing. The other thing is that I know a lot of you are introverts then you are just so thankful that you don't have to greet anybody on the road. (laughs) And the others of you are extroverts, and I know what's going to happen. You're going to get to talking and get distracted, and the task is not going to be accomplished. Ask me those challenges.
2: You say you should wipe the dust off our feet until
1: this whole thing gets over sure. that they are going to be judged? How much time can we get them? Yeah. I realize that this is an aspect of the things that I'm asking you to do that can be challenging to think about, that uh, this aspect of judgment, but the judgment is coming. There is no avoiding it. Sin will be dealt with. um, And for those of, for those towns that don't recognize it, if you don't tell the truth, there is no way for them to recognize how in danger they're going to be. It's loving them to tell them that they're going to be destroyed. But, on the other hand, I also understand that just as James and John were ready to call fire down from heaven, we have to be very careful with this responsibility. It's a great responsibility that you're given. You're given power that you have to, really, you have to use this power in a way that's responsible. The Holy Spirit's going to give you the, the wisdom that you need to know when to say what you need to say. Any other challenges?
2: How in the world are we supposed to heal the sick?
1: I've given you the power, I've told you to do it, and now you just need to do it. you're not the one doing it, my Father is. He will work through you, even your faithless Attempt at doing it, you're going to bundle it up, but my father will accomplish it. All right. Yeah,
0: How is it more bearable for Simon and Gomorrah than it would be for that town? Like, <coughs> That's
1: a good question. <laughs> I think the judgment that Comes afterwards is far worse than any judgment that we will experience on this earth. The earthly judgment that Sodom experienced was horrid. But just think about how horrid it will be when the person is burning an eternal fire. There's nothing that can be worse than that. All right. I'm going to step out of the role of Jesus, and we're just going to we're going to keep going through the passage and think about. Okay, we've thought about the challenges. We've thought about the need for prayer. We've thought about the challenges, and then how those challenges can encourage us to step out in faith, even though we know that there are challenges. We need to walk through those challenges, and as we do that, I think we'll see that there are wonderful rewards. And that's what I want to think about in this passage. What are the rewards that are spoken of? What is the reward of the work that Jesus has called his disciples to do here? Think back through the story. For the harvest, harvest, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's right. That is part of the reward is to see what do we say? How many do you send out? You send out 72, and how do you send them out? Two by two. And I, I can tell you that as you go out and work with people, it's do it with another person. It is so wonderful to experience sharing with people when you're with somebody else. Um, you know, you bring complimentary gifts to a situation. Um, yeah. It, and to... there, There's a much deeper level of fellowship that you have with someone that you've walked through the warfare with. I think that that is one of the greatest rewards, is the relationship that you develop with the people that you're Fighting in the trenches with. It's good. What else? Um,
2: Jesus said all your needs we provide.
1: see God provide for our needs, isn't it? And to see the ways that he does it is it's really powerful. And what a reward it is to, yeah, to see him providing in miraculous ways, to see him um, yeah, when you go to that poor person's house and say to yourself, there is no way that this person can actually do this. And yet God, God does it. God provides for you in those situations. It's, it's really amazing to see. What else? Labors for the harvest is, I mean, that's, that, that's such a big one. I mean, you know, to see people come into faith. That is what it's all about. Um, we, it's been mentioned before but when you reach out to someone and they're reaching back to you that hospitality that um, it wasn't even mentioned like peace beyond this house and it returns to you that that hospitality and peace that you receive back as you are teaching to them is a reward in itself as well yes that's right it's always a two-way street Very good. Else?
2: Yeah. I was thinking a uh, personal reward would be a greater faith and trust and love for for Jesus and for God because you're you're depending on God to meet your needs and and you see that they're being met.
1: Yeah. That's right. Yeah, when you see God working take that little step of faith I think it encourages that medium step of faith and then further and further down the, the larger steps of faith I think it's good yeah the blessings are many that we can see in the passage God yeah seeing God's kingdom come here on earth um, you know we we received the the, challenge, the challenging question of, how can I actually heal someone? I think that that's, that's another reward. When we see people being healed, um, and maybe it's healed from a, a sin sickness, um, or maybe it's even more than that, physical sickness. Um, those, are, those are rewards that, yeah, we praise the Lord for. Yeah, so <clears throat> we've talked about just the, the need for prayer. We've, we've thought about the challenges that, that are there. And, and then we've thought, we've thought about the, the blessings that come as we take that step of faith and go into the, the field or the, the harvest, um, as he's called us to. And, yeah, you'll notice that I haven't, I haven't, I haven't defined the harvest each of you know what the harvest is for you for New York, for our work in Tajikistan. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to look at your word, to think about you sending seventy two people out into this world to prepare the way for you. Yeah, Lord, we oftentimes are so fearful, um are reluctant are disobedient, and we just ask that you would change our hearts to be people who step out in faith, step out in boldness, and do what you have asked us to do, no matter what the cost, no matter what the consequences. We pray that you would empower us and equip us for that task as you have promised you will. In Jesus' name, amen.